You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports. How are y'all doing today? Doing dandy. Doing good. We good. We're, uh, we're missing our fourth with uh, Wade being out for his fiance's birthday. Should we all sing happy birthday to Elise real quick? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Happy, <laughs> birthday happy birthday to you. you. Okay, we're all off to we'll, we'll <laughs> That's enough right we're there. We're trying. Yeah. yeah, no, happy happy birthday to Elise yeah. Wade's taking her out to a nice dinner. I hope that he spends all of his money he won on his picks this week because uh, he did have one of our winning upset picks. But we've got NASCAR Neil on. He's filling in. We'll have him drop in. Now that NASCAR season's over, he's got to come on for more than just NASCAR sports. Yeah. So, Neil, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. I, uh, I understand you're still defrosting from going to the LSU-Arkansas game. I am. That was a very, very cold day. Yeah, you sent you sent us pictures of your seats. Uh, had to sit on some snow, some ice, put a beer box down to to uh, kind of give yourself some warmth and not have your pants soaking wet. Exactly. If it works, it works, man. Yeah, you broke the curse though. Um, with all of the LSU games you've been to as a fan, we've seemed to have lost. So I was a little worried with that one, but we'll, we'll go more into it uh, once we get into the college football talk. But NASCAR deals on. We had the season wrap up last week. Neil, how, how'd it go? I know you, your boy, Joey Logano, ended up getting it done. Uh, what, what'd you think of the season? What's your predictions going forward? Uh, I think the season was crazy. And I was kind of talking to you about, about kind of recapping the whole thing because it was hyped up as being the big year. New car coming to the season. So I kind of made some notes of what happened with the year because it was a very unique season. Mm-hmm. It was kind of unique in the way it started off with a race inside the famous LA Coliseum. They built a little track in there. It happened. Joey Logano happened to win that too to start the year off. Kind of funny how he booked into the season, you know. Then we go in with with the duels of Daytona, which are like some preseason like heat races to kind of set the order for the opening race. And we had it swept by a team just really wasn't very fast. It had a new ownership stake, and they had between that. It was kind of crazy. Started off with crazy. The new car was hyped up, brand new thing off scratch. A lot of new parts that weren't traditionally in the older style cars. Almost all the parts came to the same manufacturer whatnot start off with a lot of bad issues of things breaking and them not knowing how to repair them quickly a lot of tires being cut them trying to tow them causing more damage and teams just learning to figure it out it was kind of crazy like you know so you know, let ahead. me let me ask you this real quick what was the difference between the that all of them had new cars this year didn't they yes it was new body it was styles a, it was a new body style and they this car they called the next gen car and traditionally, the teams would build their own cars from themselves. You know, right. they build their own chassis, all your parts. This car is every part has to come from an approved supplier. It's kind of make it supposed to drive down costs, make it more parity, which I was about to get into. Parity came out. We ended up with, uh, I think we ended up with 17 new winners total and fourteen of uh, 15 of which came in the regular season and stuff. So it was crazy with that. And then the season kind of was was. Kind of crazy, you know. We didn't we didn't have our first repeat winner till week nine, where traditionally, you know, sometimes you have your you can have a driver get their second second win week four or five of the season. It just 
generally a car will get fast and be good and they get win. But even week nine was the first repeat winner. That was uh, William Byron, who who would really have thought him as being the first repeat winner. He's typically seen as the third or fourth car of that organization of the Hendrick Motorsports camp and stuff. And then going to the middle of the season, we had a lot of silly season news, which is our our, our term for off-season type talk of, you know, free agency in a kind of way with Martin Truex Jr. coming back or not coming back. He's considered retirement. Then he decided not to retire, came back to his ride, his sponsors were on board. And then the insane news that I talked about earlier in the year on the show about Tyler Reddick announcing the week after signing, week after winning his first race and two weeks after signing a one-year extension with 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 RCR to go to 2011 after the following season. And I'll get I'll get to how that's not actually the case later on in my recap and stuff. It was kind of thing. Then also Kyle Bush talks of him not going back to Yogi's racing. In the middle of the season that kind of came to light. People were talking about it as a chance, hindsight into being true, but the middle of the season is a big talking point in all the news and stuff. And then the Wait. second half, so go ahead. I was just going to say, it sounds like the NASCAR season played out like a soap opera here. I mean, we had uh, all sort of people switching teams, <laughs> oh, I mean, retiring, coming back. I mean, it's just like it's we the term in NASCAR for free agency and changing is silly season because you mm. hear so many silly rumors. There's a lot of jokes about about so-and-so going to the five car because it's always a hot topic of every time somebody's going, so it's always the five car for some reason. You know, it's just kind of the joke. But then on a more serious note, towards the, the middle of the season kind of came – Settled down a little bit. Still a lot of new drivers winning. You know, some of those familiar faces were getting their getting their wins. You know, Chael got his win. Kyle Busch managed to win it at the dirt, dirt, at the Bristol Dirt Race. Larson got a win. The familiar faces you see in victory lane were getting their their first win. You know, some guys were getting their second win. And then, but the the big shifting point of the season became at Pocono, where Kurt Busch got in a wreck during practice that put him out for the remainder of the year. Very, yeah, I remember seeing that. It was a really mild wreck at the time. It looked like. Kind of back got loose, loose coming out of the, out of turn three or six, depending on how you classify them. It's a weird track. They call them weird things there. But he got it loose, hit the back end, which was a mild hit and stuff, and it put him out for the end of being the whole year and stuff. And that race also saw the first time, the first and second place of a race that had ever been disqualified after the race and been stripped of their win, with Denny Ham and and Kyle Busch losing that losing losing that win there, which it's also kind of funny. Look at hindsight, as I've said before in this thing. Is that Denny Hamlin missed the championship four barely by by two points, which he would have had those points had he not been had he not been disqualified at Pocono. Kind of craziness of that whole thing, you know. And then if the regular season couldn't get any crazier, you had Daytona in the year. I'm personally a big fan of them in the year there at a wild card track for me, they can happen. And lo and behold, NASCAR as an organization made some blunders. Rain was moving in, it started raining in in turns uh three and four. They decided to keep going green. And as the cars came out of one and two, they all lost control and piled up going into three. Yeah, that was a huge they, wreck. When, it, when that massive happened. wreck. They threw the red flag. And a lot of fans and other drivers were not really happy with ending the race because they were technically the race had hit over halfway through, which is their official point to call a race as official. Right. And they go, how do you end a race with that much controversy? They managed to go back green. And the one bubble, and we ended up having our 15th new winner of the regular season, at that point, which is Austin Dillon got the win after actually being in the lead at their red flag. Only issue was Ryan Blaney had gained enough spots to pass Truex for that last playoff spot and stuff. And then, and then we go into the, the playoff start. It was a really good, crazy playoff start the first round with all three races being won by non-playoff drivers. 
first time a non-player driver had ever actually won a playoff race, much less the first three. So it was just insanity there, you know. Then And then we go into Texas. Alex Bowman had a wreck there. It put him out for the next five races. Again, you, you were there, weren't you? You were at I was race. there. And that yeah. race, that wreck didn't even seem that serious because he finished the race. But after the fact, he felt some lingering issues in the days leading after it. And that's well, when, when the safety when you concerns. The, when you get in a car wreck going, what, 300 miles an hour, it, it, yeah, you go feel something bad the next day or two. That's for I sure. mean, it's one of those things that, in, I mean, in, he just, he got to the wall and kind of got clipped up, but he yeah. finished the race, though. His car finished the race. It wasn't, didn't total his car out and stuff. And it really wasn't even the most severe wreck of the day. And the most severe wreck, the guy was fine the next, day, next week with, with a broken foot. Like, but it was just, you know, and that kind of brought the safety of this new car to light. And it actually led to NASCAR doing, some more testing at their test facility to re to re actually actually soften up the rear of the car, which were these major wrecks, injuries and wrecks were happening at, which was nice to see them actually willing to make changes. But a lot of public outcry from the drivers were highly critical of the organization and whatnot. And then in that round, Christopher Bell in a win it in a must win situation gets the win there. You know, insane move gets wins wins that round, and then. And then, and then you're rolling two, you know, to end the, uh, the, 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 the round of three, he does it again. A second must-win situation, he manages to rise to the occasion. Instead of at that point, he kind of pushed to more of my championship favorite there. You know, but also in that round, we had a major moment where Bubba Wallace intentionally wrecked Kyle Larson at Vegas in the, the, first, in the first race of round of three, which led to him being suspended for the next race. For the first Bubba time Wallace ever hasn't been uh, getting too much good publicity lately. He he he's had a little bit of a stringy season this year, hasn't he? I mean, he's had an okay season. I mean, I mean, he did get his actual his first outright win at a non-plate race at mm-hmm. Kansas in the in being the I think is the second time ever that a driver that a car had won the same track in the same year with two different drivers after Kurt Busch winning there in the spring, which I mean that was pretty good news. But then. Then the then to finish up, you know, two weeks later, potentially wrecking Larson on a blatant bad move. Like the guy hooked him into the wall at at, at 109 miles per hour. That's just dangerous. Especially right. with his safety yeah, have been definitely. such a big concern the previous couple of weeks, you know. And then and it actually come out that his the owner, his team, one Michael Jordan's business partner, had came out and publicly uh, had criticized it with Michael Jordan being a co-owner of the team he drives for. It was a bad week publicity wise, but he. Come, come week after suspension, he handled like a man and said, I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that, which takes a lot of a person, you know. Yeah, yeah. Own up to your mistakes. Oh, yeah, which he hasn't notoriously been good for that. So, But then kind of after that, at the same time, the sleeve season wrapped up with, with Kyle Busch announcing he was going to RCR Racing, which shocked almost a lot of people because of there's some history with him and the owner, Richard Childers. Several years ago, they got in a fist fight after, on, on pit road. To which point, there's a famous line where Richard tells his grandson Austin Dillon, who no one judge for him, to hold his watch for him as he goes to, to punch Kyle Busch. Ooh. And at his press conference, Richard hands him a Rolex, saying, "So, will you please hold my watch for me as a signing bonus gift?" Which was kind of funny. <laughs> Play back to the day; it was pretty clever. And then with that announcement, two weeks later, Kurt Busch announced his retirement. Still having issues with, with concussion from Pocono. Really right. sad. The guy's been around. He was the last active driver to ever race against Dale Sr., which kind of ends that era of the drivers who raced against the legend, you know, and whatnot, you know. And then, and with that news, uh, Richard Childers also announced he was going to release Tyler Reddick, as I mentioned earlier, who signed this deal for two years from now, released him to go run for them next year, which 
it's happy, so happy store wraps the bow up, you know, kind of, it makes everything kind of better on the longer on that, you know? Right. Yeah, Kyle and nice. Kurt, are they related at all? Yes, they're brothers. Kurt is Kyle's okay. older brother. So they need was, to be sponsored by Bush Light or something. I mean, you're just like missing, uh, missing chances there if they're not. It, it's also kind of funny because they both uh, were sponsored by energy drinks and one of them actually owns a, a competitive energy drink. Okay. Well, hey, just, Kyle, Kyle and Kurt, if you're looking for somebody to rep your energy drink, you know where to find us. Give NASCAR uh, Neil a call. Uh, I freaking love, love, love his energy drinks. It's, it's called Rowdy Energy. Kurt's a big fan of it. Okay, but then, okay. uh, then, and, and then you kind of go into the championship weekend. You know, Joe Logano dominated the cup race. Zane Smith won the truck race and a really good finish. They were fighting hard then. But then the kind of sad news kind of came with Saturday and Saturday night, Saturday and Saturday night with Ty Gibbs. Yeah. Who I was very critical of, had wrecked like an asshole at big, at, at, um, at, um, at Martinsville, did a bad move. After winning his championship that night, his father actually passed away in sleep. And it yeah, kind of came out. We mentioned that last week. It was very yeah, sad to hear that. It was just really sad. It was, and then Sunday morning, stuff had kind of come out that, that Ty Gibbs, who's, who's running Cup for Kurt Busch all year, kind of came out. He wasn't racing. It was kind of no one really knew. Then it broke up for the race. It kind of it's really kind of sad. It's, mm-hmm. you know, even in, in the football world, which I got with football, you know, you know, you know, Joe Gibbs, famous Hall of Fame football coach, you know, you know, is this is his youngest son, his second son, whose older son died three years ago too. It's just really yep. kind of sad for that family, you know, and after, and it's, and even me, it's like, I crucified Ty Gibbs all week. I thought he was terrible moves. The media was all bad on him, but I kind of softened up for him a little bit, you know, it's, it's just brutal, you know, but then Joe Lyon was championship and it almost gets overshadowed in a way by that news. But plus the other news that Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven times, Announced that same weekend he was buying into Petty GMS Racing to be a co-owner. Which, there we go. Which is, that, NASCAR, is that an often thing for NASCAR drivers to buy into uh, a racing company? Uh, some of them have ownership stakes in either lower series or like like uh, uh, the, 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 the guy Brad K here. He bought okay. into to Rash Fenway Kazaski this year. They have ownership stake. Denny Hamlin owns Twenty Three Eleven. You know right. Kyle Busch owns a truck team. They some guys they like to do it and and with Jimmy Johnson ran IndyCar all year and it was. Did it one year, then decided it really went for him. He kind of struggled on some stuff. Ran the 500, did okay. But NASCAR wasn't bred about I mean, the man won five straight championships. The dude's NASCAR legend. I mean, mm-hmm. seven-time champion. He's in company with Richard Children. I mean, with Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt Sr. Yeah, I mean, whenever you hear his name, that's that's definitely something. It, oh, yeah. As someone who doesn't follow NASCAR as much, when I hear yeah. his name come across yeah. the radio, definitely yeah, listen to that. Oh, it's, and it's a big deal. And he bought into Petty GMS, which, which is the team Richard Petty them. Own they don't really own much of the company anymore, but it's more their name carries it. And then GMS Racing, which is kind of very spur of the moment to the point that it happened like the week of the week, two weeks before it actually got announced. It's very quick, last minute, right? But with that news, it announced that he was actually running next year's uh, 500 race potentially if he can qualify in. Okay, which which you never hear about. No driver chooses to run the plate races. No one. It's too dangerous. It takes it's something that you have to be at the top of your game to be successful at them much less be safe at it. So right. that kind of news, he's going to run select races. I guess is, I guess is he'll run, the, he'll run the street course at Chicago. He'll try to run the all-star, the all-star race at Wilkesboro mm-hmm. and some of the other stuff like that. But yeah, that's pretty much the season of the thing, you know. Uh, it's going to be a fun offseason to see what the officially happens. The 18 car has officially not been – has not been officially announced the tag games running that next year. It's going to happen at some point. When it does, I'll come back on here and talk about that kind of news. But <laughs> yeah. It does break, but – yeah, that's pretty much the season. That's show. 
well, start, we, we start back in 98 days at Daytona. So, oh, wow, that's quick. That's a quick little silly season, as you call it. Quick off season. Yeah, I mean, but it's, yeah, I mean, they start the week after week after Super Bowl is typically when they run that. The clash at the Coliseum will be two weeks before the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you don't want to cut into the Super Bowl's airtime. Well, no. I heard on Sunday it was a bad day to be a cold beer at, at a NASCAR uh, race because that was a good day for 22 running good and a bad day to be a cold beer. That's that's oh, yeah, saying I heard get thrown around. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the man, man got a second championship. You know, dude, was was he fast car on the track that day? There was no competing in it. Seemed like all three races the fastest car won. Friday night, Zane Smith, who I think he'd finished second the last three years in the championship. He yeah. got his finally got his finally got his win. Ty Gibbs just the JRM cars could not catch him. Like they they could not do anything to him. They raced him clean after the talks of them getting wrecking them, them wrecking him, you know. And then Logano just had this longer had the short run speed. And Phoenix always comes down to down to whoever has the short run speed. You know, yeah. the last three years the short run cars won it. So it was a very exciting end of the year. Kind of boring in a way, but still. Oh, I also forgot to mention the and am I the talking about the playoffs was at Martinsville, we had the uh, Hail Melon, as it's being called, where where Ross, where Ross Chastain ran the wall video game style to win that race. I saw that. It, I saw that on Twitter. That was insane. Yeah, Talk about a way I, to end a race. He just, like, full sent it into the wall and just passed everybody up. And it got him the playoffs, too. He was outside the playoffs. And yeah. even the other drivers were talking about, like, they were impressed with it. Some drivers were saying they need to ban it. We never know. And there was, and there was a whole talk all week long in Phoenix. Are we going to see it at Phoenix? We're going to see it at Phoenix. Phoenix Wallace happens to bow out right as you enter the enter, enter, enter three and four. Mm-hmm. It wasn't possible to do it, but it was still crazy. Whether they ban it for next year, we won't know. But that was the season in the nutshell. I'm excited for next year at the Clash. It should be a fun year to talk it off, see what what changes they do make to the new with the car, see how it firms in year two. The parody is really there. Yeah, well, you've got the platform to come talk about it now. And we'll have to get you uh, on some of the other NASCAR shows we've been following. That way you can get out there and just start spreading the word. So appreciate it. You know, cool. I mentioned some cold beer during the show. Uh, I'm drinking a cold beer here, pregame by Buffalo Bayou. We'll see if we get that in in your in your camera there. Uh, our gracious sponsors over here, Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company in Houston, sent me uh, this new beer they got going on. They've had it out for about a month. Uh, distributed it middle of football season. Good four percent alcohol, not a lot. A little IPA. Cr- Pre-game crush cities, what they call it. So they were crushing them during the Astros World Series run. I've been crushing them during LSU football success. I think uh, the key to LSU success is that Buffalo Bayou's been sponsoring us. What do you think about that, Tyler? Do you think that's what what's been happening? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we, we'll have to. We uh, we're in talks with them to do a live show there. If I could get all y'all to Houston, and we could uh, we get a live show. Maybe we we'll get NASCAR Neil in the crowd, trying some beers, give some NASCAR talk. It'd be a fun time. I might be able to come down. There's not. It's not too far for me. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get it before the end of the year with the holidays coming up. But uh, I yeah. think maybe beginning of next year we'll we we'll talk about something. We got college basketball oh, yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. We got Super Bowl come, playoffs will be going on for the NFL. Exactly. So, but uh, if you're over in Houston, you gotta go check out our friends at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Let them know we sent you best best beer or best brews, best views of the entire city. So. Let's kick it into a little another sport we don't cover a lot. We got the World Cup coming up. I don't know how much I'll watch soccer. I really only watch the World Cup. I know Tyler, soccer guy, played in high school. <laughs> he loves him some soccer. I saw the USA is slated to take on England on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. Talk about just an all-American patriotic holiday. Day after Thanksgiving, we're taking on England. It was enough we 
we beat them in 1776, and now we got to beat them on Thanksgiving. So, what's your Ty? You think the team USA can make a deep run this year? Uh, it's definitely tough. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there. I mean, USA is probably not the best team out there. I mean, you got Argentina, Brazil. You pretty much got all of your. You know, France is good. Croatia had that. That run, uh, yeah, I'll be rooting for my boys down in Croatia. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, this is this was definitely you know going to be some fun times for USA soccer fans because this has been a long time coming. I don't think that they made the World Cup since uh, like 2010 or 13. It's been a long. It's been time. a while. Yeah, know, the women's time. team is they usually missed, pretty good, but like they've been men's. missing the cut, uh, not only for the World Cup but for the Olympics. So I think uh, game one is definitely going to be huge against Wales. I feel like you got to win that one. So I think that Black Friday game, like you mentioned, USA and England, whoever wins that one will pretty much uh, win the group. Uh, so yep. I think whoever wins that one uh, will pretty much uh, beat because soccer, it's like weird. It's like the, it's the top two uh, teams go on and then they pick from a pool uh, of the third place teams as well. But as long as you like win the division, you're fine. You get like an easier opponent. Uh, so. Hopefully, you know, USA can uh, at least win the group. I think they have a good chance uh, against England. But even if they lose that match, I still feel confident that they can come out of that group. I think that they'll be able to beat Wales uh, on uh, their first game. So that first game is, is going to be a telltale all. I yeah, think good, if they win good. that game, they'll be set up. But if they lose, then uh, it might be a, a quick trip uh, for the USA out there in Qatar. Well, hopefully we can get a, a good tune-up game with uh team U- with USA or with Wales uh for yeah. team USA. Yeah, Jacob, I don't know if you saw what I sent y'all on Twitter earlier this week. Uh Qatar is offering the play the the fans a place to stay. It looks like a storage unit. You pay a whopping $300 a night, but but you have a nice little fern outside of your door. So, Jacob, are you take are you staying there or are you going to venture out into the city and try to find a place to stay? I don't know if that little tiny bit of greenery is enough for me to stick around. Uh, I I think, uh, well, number one, uh, for anybody who hasn't been to Qatar, it, it, it they're real quick. Has anybody is, here been to Qatar? No, no, Never. I don't think so. either. <laughs> Their economy is non-existent, so I can see where it comes from them needing uh, something to get them over the edge but i don't understand why why they chose that venue in the first place it just seems like a bad spot out of all the places well, they had like in the world, 60 people die building the stadium I'll, I'll do if y'all want me to mention it but well let's take a yeah. finish and then we'll hear your proposal it just seems like there were so many better places to do it uh it hasn't been in the u.s for a very long time and it, but it it's going back like, in years yeah it, coming it, back, it's uh, back soon a few years yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just seems like all the good stuff is on the horizon, even for the Olympics, you know, coming back. And it, uh, it just seems like that was a very bad place to choose. I mean, there's other places that were even worse, but yeah, that that one's up there with uh, some of the worst. Tyler, what's your proposal for the World yeah. Cup? Well, I, I've been saying this for years. Uh, same with the Olympics. I mean, we, going back to, to Rio, we know how that went. That was one of the most – travesty in the most dog water venues ever for the olympics hey so, but it looked cool yeah it looked cool but in the end like the, 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 like, the that statue was, of jesus the, that was and the world cup there there too was also bad like all the atrocities yeah. they committed to host that too it's like yeah why, why are we letting these these, these yeah. terrible terrible countries host the right. most prestigious events in the world 
So my proposal is let's scratch all these small countries and third world countries and let's just put in a rotation. You know, USA goes a year and then then in four years, like France can go. And then the next four years, like Japan can go. Like just get like a like a list of countries. You go through that. It's pretty much like, you know, how like the Super Bowl runs in like all like the, the major professional teams run like they go to one Super Bowl you know one city hosted and they pretty much go on a rotation so i think right. that they needed to do that because these third world countries i mean what well, i mean they like jacob mentioned like their economy isn't great so they pretty much are breaking the bank and when are they going to use it ever again probably never just look at rio once again like all like the, the swimming you know pools that they use they don't even use it anymore half of it's abandoned so i think they just I, need to go to rotation i get it because in a sense you can you know that country makes a lot of money. I mean, yeah, a ton but of money. Off lose of a lot of money. Stadiums they're never even used again. Like, I mean, sure. I mean, did, I mean, but didn't Cutter build a stadium? They're literally out of shipping containers so they can tear it down once yeah. it's over with. Yeah, I mean, much. and I also what I like what Tyler was saying is that with that, it also cut down the cost because you have these venues. If you're on rotation, you know you're gonna use, if you can, you can build it to be. You can kind of build it in a way that you're, you they use them every 25 years. You know, you can build it yeah. in a way. And where you're not upkeep. Also, the U.S. makes – the way the U.S. has done it, I know what they do in the World Cup here and they're talking Olympics tomorrow is having several cities in the U.S. do it, which will cut back on the on That's the, on the infrastructure saying. costs. It's, it's a huge way to do it, especially the Olympics. With air travel being as easy as it is, you can fly somebody across the country, just put a standard time zone for all events, you know, just for the U.S. to have it all on, say, central time, you know, or, or mountain time, one of the middle time zones. For all events, so the athletes aren't worried about time where they're all on just one time zone, you know. So you can go from Florida to California, keep them on that one time zone schedule for everything they do. It really won't even be that big a deal with jet lag going across the country for different events or whatnot, or even host certain events in different parts of the country. It makes the U.S. hosting these things. It's brilliant. It's, it'd be a smart way to do things. Neil, you might have to be a World Cup co- correspondent <laughs> now. I mean, you got you got the solution right there. I mean, they call it the World Cup for a reason. You want to highlight all the countries, but or the Olympics. I mean, I mean, I mean, my my name is more for the Olympics wise. The Olympics, you can yeah. have like all the all the baseball, like all like all the swing events in one place. All the you know all the kind of you you can set it up in different parts. You know, for the Winter Olympics, it's easy. Do it all in the Colorado or or Colorado, California. It's easy to do it that way. Like it makes too much sense. I mean, yeah, same thing for the World also. Cup. For I think the Women's World Cup, I believe in 2026, is going to be three countries hosting it. They're doing Canada, Mexico, and the United States. So yeah, that's just another North America as a whole thing that's going to happen. Yeah, I think yeah. the the biggest thing is that the people controlling it is the problem. I mean, if it's you all about at, the money, it's all about who pays the money. I mean, there's documentaries on these organizations and FIFA is one of them, one of the most corrupt sports organizations ever created. Uh, And it's just a bunch of billionaires and trillionaires uh, from other countries that control it. And it's a, it's a money and power situation and it's one of the worst uh, ever created in sports. Uh, There's a lot of good documentaries out there uh, to watch a lot of good, like E60s. There's documentaries on Netflix. It's yeah. I think uh, next week will be two since it'll be kind of a, a down week for college football. Uh, we have uh, Cameron come on because Cameron's a big World Cup guy, big World Cup, big FIFA guy. He's big into the conspiracies. We'll have him come on, kind of give a little World Cup prediction here, and we'll talk some World Cup craziness. I mean, 
Safety is another thing. A lot of these fans, you always hear about fans being kidnapped in these countries, mm-hmm. held for ransom, and then you just got to pay it. I mean, they're not there doing anything wrong, but it's part of the way that, that some of these uh, terrorist groups get money. Um, like there was a story uh, a few weeks ago, I actually heard from our, our friends over at Patriot Sports Radio. There is, I forget where the guy was from, but he was walking to Qatar uh, for the World Cup. And when he got to Iran, he disappeared. Nobody knows where he's, where he's at. Uh, so, I mean, you could kind of put two ends together and figure out where he went. So and uh, I'm going to add to this, though, about, you know, Cutter, like, you know, we all think of sports and we all think of drinking. Cutter, as most of your Middle East, you can't have alcohol. And they've actually banned alcohol at the World Cup. Like, what? Yeah. Like, how it's, it's is – how are they? Yeah, it's like it's, it goes two and two. And the fact that if you get caught with alcohol, it's massive jail time there. Like – Yep. Like, mm-hmm. what are we do? What are they doing? Like, why are we letting this? And you're gonna have average fans who don't realize that and get themselves in a lot of trouble. Even no matter how many times state departments throughout the world are gonna warn you on this, people are still gonna screw up on that. So you're gonna have a Brittany Griner situation all over again. Now, exactly. hold on, is it Cutter or Qatar? Because I might be saying it wrong. That's Qatar. how you say Qatar. It's like like when Jacob's got behind him. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I've heard it both <laughs> ways. So we want to make sure we're staying it right, so they don't come after us. Guitar, but Qatar. But yeah, I mean, the World Cup. They got to figure out the, the situation with the countries. It here. will be interesting to see how the viewership does as well, because yeah. usually it's in the summer and it's like NFL well, season, college football like season. Pretty much all the other sports are going on, so I don't it's know how. Two hundred degrees in the summer. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, hot. I get that, but uh, I'm definitely going to be interested how the viewership. Uh, is, is there a time, time zone difference between oh, America? Yeah. I know USA it's a way play at noon. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's I'll, like, I'll look it up right now. I'll look it yeah, up. I, I mean, I, six hours, I would say. I'm sure they've got six it hours. figured out how to broadcast it. What is the country? It. Is it is – it, uh, UAE is closer, I think. So it's uh, – Adu Bavi is, is ten, 10 hours ahead, so it's roughly 10 hours Man. time difference. So we're they're going to be in the future Man. 10 hours while ahead, we're watching yeah. Think Roughly about that hours. They're going to be the next day by the time they play. <laughs> Plus or minus an hour there because I'm not exactly – that's off our central time zone here. Yeah. Plus or minus 10 hours, you know, an hour they're, or two. Yeah, they're, they're nine the hours wake up, The World Cup's going to be over. Yeah, think about – let that one float around your brains there for a second. <laughs> we're, we're watching the future. So, I know that's not how time zone works, but just think <laughs> about it. Okay. Enough World, World Cup talk. We've been 30 minutes. We haven't talked about college football. We'll talk more let's about get, it next week whenever it Yeah, off. we'll definitely have them next week. Uh, let's just dive right into it. So, I spoke to the guys before the show. We've agreed that we're going to do our Who Got That Dog In Them segment first. And Tyler has prepared a nice little clip. So, here you go. Who Got That Dog In Them? What is this, week 10? Uh, actually going into week 12. Going into week 12. Uh, I think y'all all know who got that dog in it for me. And it I might be you. the same for y'all. But we'll let Jacob start it off if he's oh, ready. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, never mind. No. I'll start it off. Okay. <laughs> Harold Perkins Jr. The best player on the LSU football team by far. I know it's it, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but in my eyes, that man's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> He's going to be one of the first defensive linebackers to win the Heisman in a long time. I can't tell you the last defensive player that won the Heisman. I know Manti Teo was there a few years ago um, and all the stuff with his uh, fake girlfriend came out. And I mean, that might have impacted his votes a little bit. Uh, but Harold Perkins Jr., without him, LSU loses that game on Saturday. I mean, the offense did not show up. 
Arkansas figure, figured out how to play there at the end, but he had four solo sacks, ties the record for most sacks in a game by an LSU player. Two should have been two strip fumbles or sack strip fumbles, however you want to say it. Um, last one won the game, and I mean he's just all over the field. Like they're trying to block him, he's on the ground being tackled. He's still getting around and getting to that quarterback. So that's who's got that dog in him for me, Harold Perkins. I mean he's going to be something special. Definitely, probably top ten draft pick in a few years, and we still get it for two more years. Tyler, who do you got? I'm going to go to the NBA here. Uh, okay. Uh, going going outside of college game. football. Yeah, right. going from the game last time. I'm going to go Jose Alvarado from the Pelicans. I mean, okay. the, the Pelicans were up 18 points, and they blew it. Uh, Houston was up uh, in the fourth quarter. And then I'm not – well, I'm not going to, like, his performance. I mean, Jose Alvarado did have a good performance. Looking at his stat line, he had 12 points. Two rebounds, five assists, but he got into altercation uh, with Kevin Porter Jr. They both got ejected at the end of the at the end of the game uh, because, uh, as always, you know Jose Alvarado was in the corner. You know Grant F. Alvarado, like he always does. He got into Kevin Porter Jr.'s head. He stole the ball from him, and you know Kevin Porter Jr. pretty much like slapped him on the wrist, and Alvarado didn't like that. So they all had altercation. Everyone was all the benches cleared. So Jose Alvarado got the dog in. I like it. I like it. I mean, he was lurking in the playoffs on Chris mm-hmm. Ball. He's been lurking. That's his signature move. I don't know how teams don't plan for that. Neil, do you have somebody for who got that dog in him? We're kind I of do. on you here. Okay. I, Justin Jefferson in that in that Vikings game today. That man yep. made a catch that would make Odell jealous. That reach up there, grab. He really sealed the deal on their on their overtime drive for the uh, you know their, their overtime drive. There. He. That's key to them staying into that game late in the game. I was almost going to say Eric Kendricks for that for that fumble cover to win the game for him, but Justin Jefferson just had the drive there, yep. kept them in that game, allowed them to win. So good for you on him for that. Yeah. All right, Futch, you had enough time. Who's got that dog in? <laughs> uh, wide receiver Braden Lindsay from Notre Dame with the craziest catch of the that year. That was insane. That's like catch off of the year the, right there. Yeah, off the back. Uh, from the Navy DB, uh, throws into the end zone, basically a Hail Mary and a double coverage, and catches it on the uh, DB's back, basically <sighs> hugs him, uh, says good night, and uh, one hand set thing, brings it yeah. around. And that was the craziest catch I've seen all year. Uh, definitely props to him. Notre Dame's coming back around a little bit. Uh, so watch out for them. I think they're uh, I think they're, they're looking for blood now. late in the season. That luck of the Irish, baby. Yeah, luck of the Irish to coming back. I mean, that was an insane catch. I saw that. And I was like, holy cow. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's our who got that dog in him segment. I mean, mine, I feel like every week is Perkins. It's an LSU player. That's because, I mean, that's who I'm, I'm tapped into. But maybe we'll, with the more sports kick it off, we'll get we'll get somebody uh, somebody else out there. I feel so, like I get basketball in here since y'all are going to go all football. Well, and you're always at you're at the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. You work for well, them now, so you you've always got the insight to to what the Pelicans are doing and and who's it added it added there. to the to the much needed win. So yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, let's just kick right off into LSU. I mean, Neil was at the game. Neil, how'd you feel? You're, you're defrosted now. I can see. So uh, that game was very stressful and very cold. Yeah, it was. We, we were worried the NASCAR Neil Kirsch was going to live on. Neil's never been at a game where we won. And at uh, least he's worked with them, but he's not been a fan. So yeah. I was on it. I was on an 0-2 streak there. Yeah. And it broke it. You know, start it started off with, with Chet and Wade starting the starting the claiming the curse in 2017 with Troy. 
So, yeah, that one was rough. That was the first game that you watched with us. And I was like, what are you doing I, here, man? And I still blame you. Field. I still kind of blame you for that because you because you told me not to go to work and see the tailgate that day. So, I mean, it is what it you is. Know, if you would have went to back. work, we probably could have beat Troy. Maybe so. Maybe but, so. But I will <laughs> say that it was, a, it was a very fun game. Like, it was kind of fun. I personally love that stadium in that environment. You know, it's a beautiful area. It's why I kind of chose about this game. Uh, I got my dad to go with me. I told him, like, hey, it's, it's probably one of the best places to go. Yeah. I love it up there. We went, had a blast. Like, it was kind of fun. It says cold, it's you know. Snow. But snow, it snowed that night. And it was funny. Like, we'd heard of snow and where we stayed up north of Fayetteville. It didn't snow at all mm. as we were going in towards campus. They snowed where it was kind of cool. They have a giant, famous statue of, of the of the Razorbacks out there, stadium covered in snow. It was beautiful. Seeing it was nice, you know. It's very rare do I get to partake, actually watch some of the surrounding stuff of these stadiums. I've been everywhere in the SEC, but two schools. And this is the first time I've actually got to experience, see some of their environments, you know, Lebanon game. Not really a fan of those early. Can't those do should game, be but... illegal for SEC teams. Sorry, Jacob. Your big noon can keep them. Yeah. Well, but it, yeah, it was we've fun. had this conversation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we go on and on and on about Gus Johnson. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean it, it, was a very, it was a very fun game. Like, the Tigers held into it. Uh, both those supposed fumbles, to me, they're almost identical plays. I'm just glad it worked out for us on the second one. First one, almost identical. And I will say, hats off the refs on those two situations for not blowing it dead immediately. Too many yeah, times do you I'd see like refs blowing plays they, dead yep. and then having to do it under the current rules every turn, every turnover that the, the boost can review it anyways. So why not let it develop? Yeah, just let, let it play happen. Out. Because in the, first, in, the first, in the first one that happened – if we scooped and scored a touchdown there, you know, let that happen. Because in say the case they do rule it as a fumble, they get yeah. a touchdown. You know, in, in in which case, you know, say you blow it dead, they get the ball, you know, and you don't score like that. Kind of takes away from the ability of the defense to actually right. make plays in the situation. So yeah, they, they blow it dead in the NFL all the time, and it, it drives and me it, insane. It even happened in the Alabama Ole Miss game. Happened early early in the game and yep. stuff. So. It's nice to see that at least our game, they got it right, you know, and actually helped LSU out in the second second situation. Right. You know, one thing that Harold Perkins and I have in common, we're both sick. Harold Perkins threw up before the game, had his uh, – Brian Kelly called it his flu game, told him, look, look, kid, MJ, MJ had a flu game, you're going to have a flu game. Perkins looked at him and said, who's MJ? <laughs> like, what? What's I shaking your head at, Jacob? I gotta, I gotta correct you. Jordan's flu game was not really a flu game. That's right. It was food poisoning. It, flu, it was food, food poisoning, poisoning from a pizza yep. that was brought to <laughs> him. Game. Uh, that he ate before the game that uh, was somebody that did not like Michael Jordan very much. Yes, ah, I remember that in the last dance. They discussed yeah. that. But mm-hmm. for historical purposes, everybody calls it a flu game. Uh, I'm a little shocked Perkins did not know who MJ was. Maybe he thought Brian Kelly joking. was. Okay, I hope so, because how do you joke. not know who Michael Jordan is? <laughs> do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, but as you could probably hear from me, I've got, I'm have got i a little congested here. That's why you keep seeing my camera drop off because I keep blowing my nose. I don't want to I don't want to show that to the stream. But uh, Perkins, you know, he I guess he got all that that bad energy out of him, went out there and played loose. Offense didn't have it. You know, kind of expected this to be a little bit of a trap game with mm-hmm. the big emotional win against And he kind of was, though. He, I mean, I mean, look, look at what Daniels played. Daniels played. He let, he let, he let the pressure get to him. Yeah, I mean, and that, that the offensive line didn't really do a great job blocking. But in the but, end, 
The positive that happens, is our- but, but that always happens in the cold games. Linemen just yep. – it's just hard on their hands. It's rough because a lot of times they're wearing gloves. They can't get a good grip on them. Right. It's just kind of part of it. So. And another yeah. thing, Jane Daniels is from California, so he's probably never played in weather like that. <laughs> yeah, he's never played in the snow. Let's be real. Oh, I will add this, though. We had a, They had a personal heater for him on the sidelines. I was told for pregame. They had coffee, chicken broth, chicken broth and, and uh, hot chocolate. And, hot chocolate. Of and I was – it was funny. I was I was talking to my boss before a game. I went down, you know, outside the field, talked to him, and so he made a joke to me because Joe used to have a personal fan on the sideline for him every game. He had his own personal fan blowing on him. He, he goes, "Oh yeah, you know, the, he's a, he remember Joe's a fan." Like he's like, "Well, Jay got a personal heater for him." Like, got, of course, gotta make sure the, the, the LSU way. Take care of the quarterback, man. When your quarterback does good. You always take care of him. Yep, exactly. You know, so well, I, which I thought that was kind of fun. Like, okay, of course we do. Yeah, our uh, luckily our running game. Was rolling without close to 200 yards of rushing, and then, Josh uh, Williams again, another yeah. standout game for him. Um, defense stepped it up. Without them, I think we lose. But honestly, a positive from yeah. that is that the defense played really good, and so I think that's a good thing to, to take going forward because the defense is going to have to play like that against well, not really Texas A&M. Let's be real, um, but against Georgia, uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to play like that if we want a chance to win. So, hey, uh, wait, uh, no. Wait, God, uh, Neil. My question to you: You being at the game, it, was it windy? Yes, there was a wind out of the northwest, and it, it, it had to be where my seats were. We were on the northeast side of the stadium. So the wind was blowing right at us the entire game. I mean, the and reason I brutal. asked that, the reason I asked that, is because I mean, it felt like nobody threw the ball in the first half, and it was just it. It, it felt like everyone was just like, "We're afraid to throw it because the ball's going to go." Way I mean, over to left or way to right. Uh, you know, I mean, it was there was eleven mile per hour reported wind. It was in that wind you could feel it. Luckily, it wasn't like strong gusts. And I guess kind of where I was, it, we, we felt it, but it was you could definitely see it blowing in from the north side because coming out of the north and their north side is more open than their south. So that was probably a factor. Which which on, on that late field goal, I'm like, good. At least we're kicking southward because the because we're gonna have the wind behind us to help us out there. Right. You we're know, not kicking into the wind there. And yeah. you noticed on, I believe it was that punt we had that was, we got lucky that during the fourth quarter, you know, it, it luckily it rolled to the 25. But at that same time, the wind did gust a little bit. So I think the wind did play a factor in that punt being kind of, kind of bad there. Yeah. Well, Tyler, we can't you... talk, we can't talk all LSU. Like <laughs> I have to get credit to Arkansas just a little bit. Yeah. They played a great game. The, yeah. They're rolling with a third string quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they had a second game, and a third. Trying to win it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I do give a lot of credit to him. I mean, hadn't really played much at all. Uh, and big credits to him. I think it was running that offense is tough as it is. I mean, him being at home is probably a plus. Them being on the road at LSU, I think it's a different story. Uh, and I think we've said that all year about LSU playing at home is is a big, big advantage. But I, I think yeah. a lot of credit should go to Arkansas for how yeah, they, they handled really the well. situation. You know, no KJ I want Jefferson. To add to that. I want to ask somebody, so if the – one of Arkansas's key players in their defense that game, to me, is on the all-time, all-name list, a man named Bumper Pool. Yep, that's an amazing he, name. He's he been an there amazing for like man. 12 years. And <laughs> he was their best player. All they, they, I only learned about it because pregame, they gave him some award for best outstanding scene and all that. I'm like, oh, that's a funny name. Then you kept hearing it all day long. Yep. And I was, well, I'm not sure if they did it. He's really good. The dude stopped. The, nothing interesting, though. Arkansas's announcers never used the word sack once. It was always a run for a loss on every time the, the play ended behind the line scrimmage. Never once the word strange. sack. Huh. Well, they had a lot of sacks on us. He got sacked 10 yards deep. It was always 
was also, uh, they always said that Daniels for a for a, for a ten yard run for a loss. I'm like, he got sacked ten yards deep. Like, call it what it is. Like, yeah, give give it was, it was, it was just so weird. And me and my dad were just sitting there laughing. We go, does this man not know what a sack is? Is this his first day watching football? Yeah, that's but, a little yeah, strange. It was oh. very odd. Tyler, what what are your takeaways from the game for LSU moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you can just see this coming. Uh, this was going to be a trap game. I mean, emotional high. I mean, Arkansas, we could be number one in the country, and they can be the worst team in the land. They could still, you know, play us tough. I mean, it's the battle for the golden boot. They always play hard uh, for trophy games. I mean, even going back to last year's game when they won it on a field yep. goal, like Arkansas always is going to play you good. You know, I know that their record doesn't show how, you know, talented they are. Like you mentioned, Bumper Pool, Drew Sanders, those are their two good middle linebackers and then we saw you know Malik Hornsby struggle you know he did most on the ground and backup quarterback he had that one drive had that long touchdown to Matt Landers but in the end you got to give it uh to Josh Williams and Harold Perkins I mean those are your two game balls for the day I mean Josh Williams was pretty much LSU's offense on the day and then Harold Perkins was the savior and the reason why that LSU We'll still be in the top 10 and why they'll be heading uh, to Atlanta. But who would have thought that? I mean, LSU at the, the start of the year, they were picked fifth uh, in the preseason media poll to finish fifth in the SEC. And now they're heading to the ATL to face off against Georgia. And which, I mean, Georgia, if I had to get the line, I would probably give them like 17 point favorite if that Ooh, opened up. 17, right now. that's a lot. Uh, but yeah, Georgia will definitely be the favorite. But Tell you what, watching us lose to Florida State beginning of the season, I would not have predicted us to be in the SEC championship. Nope. I was just hoping for eight and four, seven and five, but now it's a realistic possibility going ten and two. Yeah, Brian Kelly's really turned this ship around. So, Neil, it looked like you were about to say something there to, to end our LSU talk. So we, we'll let I you mean, get the Penn State. I was back. just going to agree with Tyler that I've heard thought start the year off nine and three was probably where we're going to end up. That's just kind of me. How we were in the spring, that Florida State loss took me a little bit. Like ah. Eh. Maybe I was too high on the spring. Spring ball never really shows at all. But still, looking back now, I was like, cool. We were were projected fifth in the West, and now we're going to Atlanta's number one team in the West. Who would have thought in third in the SEC? And all I got to say is all the Brian Kelly haters can just quiet up now. I will say talking from you. That's how you do your one. That's how you do you. You win the West, you're one. He's now the fourth coach to ever ever, ever win. He joins less, less miles. Gus Malzahn, Greg McElwain, and now him is the fourth coach to go to the SEC championship game in year one. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, that's, and that's a kind of a league company because, because that, because I mean, I mean, all those guys won national championships. Uh, right? McElwain didn't. Yeah, not yeah. McElwain. McElwain didn't even get close. Yeah. But, Mal, but, but Les and Malzahn both did it. So that's pretty good company there. You know, two out of two out of the three previous have done it. You know, so it's, it's you're, you're here here first next two years. That we'll win, we're probably going to win it all. Yeah. So I did say at the beginning of the season that LSU was going to make the playoffs and Kayshawn Butte was going to win the Heisman. Uh, I was wrong about Kayshawn, but <laughs> I might be right about the uh, about us making the playoffs. So, but got to win, win out. And you're we in. uh thanks to Alabama beating Ole Miss in a nail biter that kind of secures our spot in the SEC. I still think we would have made it there because we probably would have beat Texas A&M here in a few weeks. Um, Bamba. Gets by Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss Barely. has plenty of chances, and they just squandered them away. So they're done. Bama will probably make it to a New Year's Six Bowl. I would have to believe. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe. It, I mean it, that that will depend on if if Tennessee gets in the playoffs. It probably has us going to Sugar, and then them going to Cotton probably. But if Tennessee doesn't make it, 
make the playoffs, then it's probably they're going to sugar. That's probably going to going to uh that's Cotton true. Bowl, so that's true. It'd be the first time we don't so, see Alabama play in twenty twenty in the new year. That should be uh, I think they'll play New Year's. No, six. because they'll have a Citrus Bowl and that's New Year's Bowl. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um in, yeah, so well, we can look outside of the SEC here. Jacob, your Nittany Lions had a great game with a routing thirty to nothing. What you see from there, and uh, I know your your chances of winning the uh, the Big Twin are kind of gone with losses to Ohio State and Michigan, but you can still finish with a two loss season. That's pretty good. Yeah, I can still finish with a two loss season. I think that those chances are uh, very possible. You know, you brought up. Alabama and the Citrus Bowl and things like that. I said there's a very good chance that Penn State and Alabama could meet uh, in a bowl That'd be game. A good game. I'd like that to would see be that. a very good game. So I, I uh, I'm scared of that <laughs> at the same time because I know it's Alabama. Uh, but no, I I do see high hopes. Hopefully for the Nittany Lions being up 14. Uh, playoff project playoff rankings will come out. I think they'll move up a little bit uh, based on what's happened to Oregon and some other teams. Uh, I think. For Penn State, you go back home and you get a thirty to nothing win against a good Maryland team that's six and three yep. on the season. I mean, Maryland kept it in there with Michigan on the road uh, for quite a while, and Michigan Michigan just got a late touchdown in order yeah. to win that game. I mean, uh, if you're Maryland, you're feeling pretty good going into this game. They always seem to have trouble with Maryland uh, at home. If it's at Maryland, for some reason, Penn State blows them out. I don't know why. Because uh, there's more Penn State people that attend the Maryland game than Maryland fans. Um, so interesting thing about the two teams is that there's a very big tie uh, between the two teams, and a lot of people have family that go to Maryland and or go to Penn State, and they're really close together uh, in kind of pro- not proximity because they're pretty far away from each other. But you know, school-wise, people either choose Maryland or Penn State a lot. Uh, based on where they are. And you see a lot of people from Maryland go to Penn State. It's kind of a thing. but uh, So sometimes there's a lot of homecoming for people and, and meeting uh, old friends. But I think as far as the game goes, uh, game ball has to go to Nick Singleton. 11 carries for 122 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, dragging guys into the end zone is pretty impressive, especially on a on a cold day. Uh, I think it was 30 degrees was the high at the time. I think it was. That's, that's the, the norm for these big 10 games. You better get yeah. ready to play in some snow when you're playing up there. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't snow cause uh, I should be at the Michigan state game to close out the season. So I'm hoping it doesn't snow cause yeah, last time I was at a game. The way that this Arctic blast is going. It's, it's going to yeah. be snowing. You better get yeah, ready. I hope, I hope not, but uh, very well could be. And I'll bring some, some good content from that hopefully, but it's uh, you know, it's one of those things where Penn State is at fourteen right now. You're only a two-loss team, and the two teams that you've lost to are both in the college football playoff as of right now. Uh, so I think good. they deserve. I think they deserve a little bit more respect than what's been given them being at fourteen. I know that your first one is a blowout loss to Michigan, but Michigan's a good football team. Uh, I mean, you're gonna have them to battle, and whoever loses is obviously out. So I, it, it, it really could be. Uh, who has the better resume at the end of the day? I mean, you know, it really uh, – they can be a top-10 team and, and, and play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I think that's completely possible. Uh, I think they have a I, real chance with the yeah. Pac-12 kind of taking each other out there. Yeah, um, and I just think that – I think the quarterback change is evident based on what's happened. Uh, Sean Clifford really didn't do too much, but uh, I, I think, you know, you got a, a couple of nods 
from Drew Aller, you know, in that game, and people were thinking, well, we're going to see him in this game. He really never developed. Uh, but the craziest the craziest thing that happened in the game, and, and a lot of people are talking about it, seen it on Twitter a lot. Uh, so James Franklin took a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. The head coach for Penn State took an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, I guess, uh, with an altercation with one of the officials on the sideline. What did he do? Uh, I, I have no idea. And did he I slap him silly? Please tell me he I'm slapped not him. Sure, but it's Played weird. some hands on the guy. It's uh, it's weird, but uh, you just gotta have thick skin as an official. There's no yeah, reason really. for Come him on, to to make a comment. Come I don't on. know what the comment was, so I can't really speak to that fact. But I, I think the strangest part of it was is Penn State was on a third and ten at the time, and you take a 15 yard penalty and it turns into a third and 25 and you're basically outside of scoring range yeah uh, and at that time it was 21 nothing but still i mean it's still a football game at that point uh penn state kicks the field goal and they pan over back to the sideline and james franklin's on the sideline doing push-ups after the the field goal basically <laughs> that was his punishment as, yeah basically as a <laughs> self-punishment like hey that's my bad for you know screwing that up and See, uh, it just I'm seems like Jacob. yeah so do you? So is that like a normal thing for Penn State? If a penalty gets, if a player gets a penalty, do they do they normally have to push? It's my interpretation. I figured it was just one of those things that he has a policy is policy of if you get a penalty, you get to push ups as punishment. I didn't know if that was a thing that the players already had in place, and he was just doing it to say, "Hey, I'm not bigger than the team. It's y'all's punishment, my punishment too, or what?" So I didn't well, here's know. the thing: I've paid a, I've paid attention to that sideline so much, and I've never seen that before. Uh, yeah, I think that really was just strange. the self-imposed. It's just the right self, self-imposed. See, I mean, but you kind of where I'm coming from. Like that seems like yeah. something a coach would have that as a punishment for penalty. Am I like, oh, cool? Hey, well, well he's, kudos he's, he's, to James he's, Franklin think, for doing them. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Kinda, I mean he pumped him out. He pumped him out. How many did he hit? Of them, fifteen. One for each yard. I will say that I love James Franklin. I met him. I got to meet him back in high school. He was recruiting a guy, guy from high school back when he was at Vandy. Nice guy, like. Dude, dude, awesome person. I'm not. That doesn't surprise me. You know, yeah, the dude. He's a, yeah, he's a really good guy. You know, in a lot of conversations that I've heard and seen with many people. Um, you know, he's a really good guy. Uh, my problem is is his coaching side of things. You know, I don't think he's the right fit coaching wise for Penn State. It, it, I, I will agree. You know, he is a good guy, and uh, you know that shouldn't be taken away from him at all. But you know, I so think. Do you, buy uh, the, do you buy the rumors of him going to Auburn then? I don't because Penn State Jacob signed him to an eight-year deal. Yeah, I, I can only <laughs> hope he do? goes to Auburn. Actually, no I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind him going to Auburn. Uh, it's It'd be an interesting fit because uh, back to SEC football. And, I mean, he was uh, good at Vandy. Let's be honest. He got Vandy good. Vandy's yeah. hard to be good at. So. so I think there's a lot, you know, a lot to see there. If he went to Auburn, I, I could see that happening. But, you know, I, I just think that an eight-year deal is – He's there for the long haul, and him being from that part of the the, uh, the state and the country, I, I think uh, he's there for a long time. But, uh, you know, I mean, you've only he's had got, two coaches. He's got to win the big games, though. He's got to win the yeah, big games. He's got to win the big – I mean, you've only had two coaches since the early 60s. You know, I mean, that for two big coaches since the early 60s. I don't count Bill O'Brien, uh, really, because that was a joke. But it seems like, you know, he's the second – everybody's like, well, he's the second Joe Paterno. I'm thinking – nobody in college football is going to be another Joe Paterno. I, I just feel like there's too much uh, too much legacy there at the university with Joe Paterno. I mean, a lot of the bars around town still have, like, Joe Paterno pictures up everywhere. 
and that guy's a legend in that town. Yeah, yeah. I don't think nobody could anybody could take over him. Um, Neil, you mentioned Vanderbilt. We got to talk about Vandy. Uh, they get they get their first SEC win, snap a twenty six game SEC losing streak over Kentucky. So pat on the back there to Vandy. Yeah, I'm excited. And the thing is, as I was, I, I was is that their the, thing, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a visa. <laughs> But okay. Vanza was it? I was at I was at the LSU game at the time. Didn't get to watch it. Was keeping up with it because crazy enough, Arkansas Stadium has Wi-Fi in the stadium that works really well. Wow, it, Arkansas ahead of the ball there. Sponsored like, by I mean, Walmart. Uh, it's, it's similar system with what Ohio State has. What Ohio State has at the Horseshoe. It's a really well thing. You know, it's a few schools everywhere. It's built in. It's free Wi-Fi. I get live scored. It's all game long. No issues. I was keeping up with that. The Tennessee Florida game, my sister and brother in law were at the Tennessee Florida games. I was keeping up with that game, whatnot, you know. And I, was, I, I kept, I'm like, Dad, Bandy's up. He goes, Nah, they'll blow it. I'm like, like I was expecting them to. Then later on, I'm like, Dad, they're still because, oh, they're still going to blow it. It's Bandy, you know. And then, and then I didn't, I wasn't watching it. Then my uncle, I don't, he called me on the drive, my drive home today and was like, Hey, did you see how the one I said, No. And the way they won with just a crazy series of interceptions in the game that, they the defense played out, and people are shocked. But Clark Lee, their head coach, was a is a great defensive mind. The dude was, I mean, the the the, the guy was DC at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly and was successful there. Yep, and it, it shows promise. Like Vandy is a team that you have to commit for ten like a ten year run to be, be give them good. And Clark Lee, being a Vandy guy himself, alumni himself, they finally he's, found their he's guy. Their answer right there. I mean, and you he's got a guy that. That's a good recruitment. Won't jump ship to go somewhere new. This is his thing, and and if they keep giving them the money that they look like they're giving him for the facilities, and whatnot, he could have them being a decent team, you know, yeah. which is which is awesome. Like I, I've, you know, everybody thinks Vandy Vandy would be a baseball school and occasionally a basketball school on right. once in a blue moon, but he could potentially get them back to how they were in the Franklin era, where they're getting six seven wins a year, you know, going to bowl game, which is what all they want. All Vandy wants is to get. The boy, that's all they care about, really. Yeah, I can see it. I got that. He can do it. it. That's awesome. Like, it's, I'm glad they found their guy. He'll be a good recruiter, too. Oh, um, yes. So, they finally got their win. We got four more other teams that also won Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, the top four. What do you got, Tyler? You want to talk about Vandy a little bit? Yeah, I want to talk more about Vandy. You know what's crazy? Team A, four and six versus a preseason number six, and now only has three wins. Who are those two teams? Vanderbilt, and Kentucky. Yep. <laughs> Vanderbilt and Texas A&M. Who would have thought that oh. Vanderbilt would have a better record at this point than Texas A&M? That's Vandy's just laughable. That that That's just laughable. Yeah. Last game of the year, they can still go to a bowl game. A&M's right. not well, a bowl game. Now. they got to beat Tennessee. I don't see that happening. Uh, but on the Wouldn't other side, that, please, on, please stop on. giving Will that be insane? Let's, we're not even spending time on talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> no. Not even, not even <laughs> an ounce of energy. <laughs> okay. Okay, but – on the other side, Kentucky, can we please stop giving Will Levis all this draft hype? Because he's yes. not even close to a first-round draft pick. Not even close to the top five. Bryce Young and Will Stroud are way better quarterbacks than him. So, Mel Kuypers of the world, please stop putting him on top of your boards. It's that just insanity. So. He sucks. He had like 100 yards and one interception against Vanderbilt. He hasn't proven that he's an SEC caliber quarterback. I mean, they're just way better quarterbacks than this year's draft class. So, I don't and understand all this draft hype. I was speaking about Tyler. When I first saw that score, I had to check because he's been hurt. You know, I didn't know if Levis was playing. I'm like, once I saw Levis play, I'm like, oh. He's not good. Because I had bought the hype a little bit of that. And I was like, 
oh, they probably won because Levis didn't play. Then I was like, oh, they beat the quarterback that was actually yeah. decent, you know. So. Yep. And Wade can agree with me with this because him and I talked about it last night. So that's what <laughs> yeah. brought it up. You know, <laughs> you're looking at three teams that were top ten, supposed to make the playoff with Texas A&M and Kentucky. And who's – shoot, who's the third one? Arkansas was up there. Arkansas. The, the three yes. top ten teams in the SEC. Where are they now? They all have losing records. Uh, and they, they all lost yesterday. Yeah, they all lost yesterday. All lost yesterday. Texas A&M not even going to make a bowl game. Freaking what's his name from college football game? They had him in the playoff. Yeah, well, yeah. Desmond, that, Desmond well, Howard, come on. Howard had Baylorburg, uh, Texas A&M, and Michigan. Michigan's probably about like the only team that's like worth anything in this Yeah, race. well, because yeah. he went to school there. Well, of course exactly. he did. I mean, Michigan, everybody on Michigan could play with one leg, and he would still pick Michigan <laughs> to go to the playoff. Well, same as Herbie and Ohio State. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Michigan, the top four teams got, got it done. This weekend, they all won. Tyler, I want to ask you, out of those four teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, who do you see ending the season with one loss? Well, that's it's pretty kind of obvious. You only got two. but It's kind of obvious. It's going to be the loser of Ohio State and Michigan right now. That's going to be Michigan. I think that okay. they, you know, they even I know that they played Northwestern close, but they just showed it at home what they could do. They put a 56 against Indiana. I just don't. I feel like, you know, if Michigan can't do what they did last year in last year's game, if they can't run the ball with Blake Corm and then Edwards, like everyone's talking about Blake Corm, but they got a pretty dang good uh, backup running back. So as well. Also, I think that Michigan's offensive line, you know, needs more like Heisman talk hype as well. So I think at Ohio State, I think that at home, they're going to want revenge. They've been they've been circling in this on the yeah. calendar. So I, out of those four, I would say Michigan. Okay. Uh, another playoff uh, possible contender was Oregon. They dropped an L this week to Washington, <laughs> one of our upset picks. Um, <laughs> and UCLA is also – I mean, they were pretty much eliminated, but they're, they are they kind of are out of even making yeah, it to the Pac-12 championship unless they upset USC this weekend. Uh, so UCLA and Oregon, I think Oregon losing. USC still has a chance to, for the Pac-12, but mm-hmm. I really don't see it happening. So They don't have that good enough resume right now to make it. Yeah. Um, speaking of our upset picks, we're about to get into them here. But before we do, we got to tell you who sponsors our upset picks and also sponsors our weekly parlay over on Twitter. It's our friends over yes. at Fanatics. You can, I see Neil's got some LSU gear on. Tyler's got some LSU gear on. Jacob's got some Penn State gear on. I have nothing on. I need to take myself over to Fanatics. Come on. And get, get me some LSU the gear. Program. Some SEC West champions. Just like Texas A&M did for their baseball team, which we'll get into that at the end. I, of the show. I, I was like, I almost wore that hat. I have I almost dug it out. My, my SEC West champion hat from nineteen, just just for the, as yes. the honor of it tonight. They do have that gear, the so missing champ gear. Yeah. So if I'm going to Fanatics tonight, I'm using the code right there: fanatics.n3nctx.net slash sports scramble. It's a little different than what we had last week. It's yeah. now the full name: sports scramble. Tyler, what's the coupon code tonight? All right, with the holiday season around, you can save up to 65% off if none other than roast. Use code roast today at the checkout. That's an interesting one. What do you uh, mean? I guess you roast the turkey. What's wrong with that? It's Thanksgiving season. We're going to have yeah. all that roast meat, baby. Yeah, so there you go. Head on over to Fanatics. Use code roast, R-O-A-S-T, for up to 65% off all of your favorite team gear. So... With that being said, let's get into our upset picks of the week. 
We got a little uh, graphic audio <laughs> listeners warning. You might want to turn us down here for a second. Yeah, just put it on mute for a second. Tyler with the, coming in hot with the new with the new content. So upset alert fix. We went two and two last week. We had uh, West Virginia over Oklahoma and Washington over Oregon. We lost the Ole Miss over Arkansas and the Texas over TCU. It was close. It both those games were close there in the end. TCU just played a lot better than Texas did. Let's be real. Um, let's start with our guest NASCAR Neil. Who's your upset pick of the week? I'm having Navy over UCF. I saw that and I liked it because Navy played Notre Dame really close this week. Exactly. And Navy isn't the Navy of the previous years. It's going to be, I hate to say it, but the Army-Navy game is going to be a slugfest because both teams are struggling right now. Yeah. They're both so bad. Like, it's going to be a slugfest of a game here in three weeks, you know. But in UCF, UCF played a really good game against Tulane. Really kind of instead of not Tulane out of the New York City conversation. Mm. But – Still hated to see that. Hey, I was I was looking for that possible LSU two lane game. Yeah, that's why I was rooting for two lane. But I guess you know UCF was trying to be in the New Year's Six. Maybe we can face them off. Rematch UCF LSU. And I got to give it to UCF under Malzahn's been. He's really kept them going from their greatness. But I think Navy gets the upset for how they played Notre Dame. So that's mine. I like it. Let's book it. We'll have to. We might have to replace Wade on the graphics this week with NASCAR (laughs) News. Well, no. this week we we will since we don't have Wade's pick, so we'll put in Neil's. Yeah, there so, we go. Tyler, who do you, who do you got uh, upset pick? Well, I'm going to SEC country, and I'm going to call the Hogs to get the upset. I'm going to go Arkansas at home against Ole Miss. Uh, I think that mm. this is going to be more of a, an offensive slugfest. Ole Miss's defense hasn't been playing that well. Arkansas's pass defense uh, will be tested against Jonathan Mingo and also Malik Keith, but. I think Arkansas, Ole Miss, you know, going – there's just so many plays in you know, the 4th and 25 play from a couple of years ago, that crazy. There's always craziness, and it's always high-scoring games. It's been like 52 to 48 uh, in, you know, the previous year. So, I think that Arkansas gets the big win at home. I think they really played well against LSU. So, I think they're going to look uh, to finish the season with a big win. So, I'll go with the Hogs against uh, Ole Miss. What quarterback do you think starts that game? I think KJ will be ready to go uh, this week. And if not, I'm rolling with the third string because he looked a lot better than what his face <laughs> tracks are. I don't even know their names. Uh, all I know is that Harold Perkins was chasing them all over the field. Much. <laughs> That's all you got to know, I guess. Yeah. Who you got this week? Uh, I'm going to take it back to Big Ten country. Uh, there's no. not too many Big Ten games on, but uh, yeah, I'm going for the uh, – I'm going for the gusto here. Uh, I'm taking yeah. the fighting Illini oh on the God. road at oh Michigan. Oh, my <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with you two weeks ago, but not after now listen, lost the Purdue. Now, listen, it's going to be the weather is the biggest impact in this game. The high is 40 degrees. Uh, it'll probably be in the low 20s for this. It'll probably snowing. Uh, either raining or snowing. Uh, so not as it cold really, as a college game day's game. And it's going to be a low-scoring game, and uh, Illinois is the absolute king of low-scoring games. So uh, I, I just I feel like they talked about on College Game Day about about Brett Bielema being, uh, you know, who was the coach of the year? The, the question was who was the coach of the year, and uh, mm-hmm. everyone was all like, oh, Kirby Smart's coach of the year. And I said, what about Brett Bielema taking be sunny Illinois? I was just like taking Illinois to a seven and three season so far. You got a bowl game. Uh, so I I gotta go with the Fighting Illini. It seems like a wild pick, uh, but I think Michigan's vulnerable. If you stop the run game, they're vulnerable. So I I, uh, I give it I give it to 
to Illinois. Just imagine like Michigan loses for the big game hype. That, that would just what, be how and weird would it be? What if they beat Ohio State after yeah. dropping a game to Illinois? Yeah. And then what like, happens? Who gets this the Big Ten is completely out. We got no, four SEC no, 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 championship. No. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I don't think so. I mean, well, I actually I have how, a question for you. The question is, the how far football. would Michigan drop if they lost to Illinois? That's true. I if you lose to the ranked twenty-one that. team in the country, well, they're going to be unranked after losing Purdue. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I have a question on that about the if something like that happens, we'll get the college football picks. So, bear with me here. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach of the Year, I would have to say Sonny Dykes. I mean, yeah, with TCU, going, the way he's yeah, going from around. like a – it's like literally your first year and you're undefeated 10-0 and and you're probably going to make the college football playoff. So, if yeah, you do something like that, it's got to be Knock Sonny on Dykes. wood, Tyler. Knock on yeah. wood. Uh, no, so, knock on wood. They still got two games in the Big yeah. 12 championship left. Uh, my hey, upset you pick – Sorry, go ahead, Chet. I was just going to say my upset pick this week, uh, Oregon just dropped a game. And I don't think they get it back. I think Utah takes them down. I, I went between Utah over Oregon and UCLA over USC between the two Pac-12 teams. I wanted to pick one of them, but I'm going Pac-12 way after dark. Game kicks off at Utah, night. Right? Yeah, uh, it's at night. If it's at night, no, it's Utah. at Oregon. Oh, is it? Oh, well, uh, well, it's at night. Utah going on the road. I think they get it done. And I don't know what happens in the Pac-12 after that. I mean, Pac-12 pretty much eliminated. <laughs> Absolute chaos. That's what's UCLA happening. UCLA beats them. I mean, just think about it. Like, this could have been, like, the big weekend for the Pac-12. I mean, you had, like, two potential top ten matchups of Utah, Oregon, and then USC and UCLA. And UCLA loses, and Oregon loses. So, that, that pretty much just goes up in flames of the, of the playoff chances for that conference. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think that the Pac-12 is out completely yet. Yeah. I mean, it really – I mean, USC. Well, has, it's USC. Has, yeah, USC is pretty much carrying the torch. Here's the thing. Right yeah, I mean, if USC is the only team, you know, based on what can happen, that can that can win it. So I mean, because they're a one loss team, they got to win out the rest of their games, and they would yep. be the fourth. They would be the right. fourth team to get in without a doubt. I mean, there's I nothing agree. higher that they can go there. I mean, I think they have to hope that TCU wins out because if TCU doesn't win out, they're not in. I mean, neither of them are in. So. Yeah. It, uh, it, they're Man. riding the coattails of TCU, I think. We have a fun ending. Yeah, it's going to be something crazy. But those are our upset picks. We got Utah over Oregon. Uh, you said Navy over UCF, yep. right? And then Arkansas over Ole Miss. And Big Suey, baby. The fight in Illinois over Michigan. That's going to be an interesting one. I, I feel like the Michigan upset out of all of those would be the just most utter chaos for the playoff committee. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves yeah. after that. It would be insane. But Make them work for their money. Yeah. Which, what you should do is sprinkle a little bit of money on some of these <laughs> and then take your winnings over to Fanatics get you some new gear. So, we've been talking about the college football playoff. This one's might be one of the best graphics Tyler's created. Minus, I really like the who got that dog in him in the upset picks, but this one's all star right here. We're going to get into our college football playoff picks. 
So here we go. I actually played it twice there. Hey, you know what? It's as good as to play it twice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So college football chaos is happening. Jacob's predicted the chaos creator is here. I am the chaos creator. Let's be real. I have I have figured out a way for LSU to make it into the playoff, and it's going to happen. Okay, it's going to happen. Uh, playoff rankings get released Tuesday. I don't it's imagine a, it's what's a late changes. one, eight o'clock, because they have the annual uh, basketball. I don't know what the tournament's called. I think it's like State Farm is okay. So the playoff picks they released Tuesday night. Top four, probably not going to change with Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, all taking wins. I think they stay there. But after that, Tennessee probably stays at five. LSU may jump up to six with Oregon losing. Mm -hmm. But we don't care about what the playoffs are right now. We're (laughs) caring about the playoffs at the end of the season. So, Futch, we're going to start with you first. What's your top four after December 4th? After December 4th. Well, that's Um, when all the conference championships are. Right, yeah. Well, I'll roll through it here. Uh, number one, I've got Georgia, of course. Uh, most dominant team out there right now from front to back. Thought um, you are dead to me. Just saying. But continue. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, number two is kind of a toss-up because I picked Michigan to get beat. Um, only problem is, is I think Ohio State wins the rest of their games because they're playing at home against Michigan. Uh, so Ohio State is there at number two. Uh, at number three, I'm going to put TCU at number three still. Uh, my top three really hasn't changed much at all. Uh, but for number four is where we get some change. Um, it's going to be probably a toss up between two teams. Uh, that first one being USC and the second one, second one being LSU. I think those are two teams that could, those are two teams. Wait, so North Carolina is out. You've, you've, Give it up on North Carolina. <laughs> well, okay. So based on what I've seen from North Carolina, the only problem is, is they that they're struggling. They're struggling against teams that they should not be in at home. Yeah, uh, I so I just, I feel like there's a problem there. If they beat Clemson, I mean that's great and all, uh, but you got to look at their resume and strength of schedule, and they're not up there, and that's that's the big problem. I mean LSU's played a very tough schedule. Uh, USC's played a mess schedule only because some of the teams in the Pac-12 got better. Um, I mean, preseason rank, it was not a very big schedule. So uh, I think there's there's still a chance there for Lincoln Riley in the Trojans, but, uh, you know, I think Brian Kelly and, and the, the Tigers are right there. So I got to ask you, I don't even know how to word this. Do you have LSU beating Georgia and getting in or LSU losing to Georgia and still managing to get in? Mm, well here's the that's that's the contingency i mean the problem is is that if lsu would have to lose usc would have to lose yeah the only way lsu gets in is they win they have to win out and beat georgia that's the only way they're not going to let in the three loss team no zero percent yeah and if if that was the case i mean if that was the case i'd almost probably get in i no i don't think so Oh, because they lose to Illinois and they lose to Ohio Well, well, here's the problem. I don't think they get in. The Big Ten has notoriously only put the Big Ten champion in 
Uh, even with the two teams being close like that, that's never happened before, and it won't. I mean, there there is one thing that will not happen, and that is two ten, two teams from the Big Ten. I think it's being in the top a lot two SEC teams. Kidding. See, I, I that's where I'm going to disagree with you on, on Fudge on that. You think and Ohio I, State, and Michigan can both get in? I think if it's a extremely close game and stuff, and then the winner of the and then, and then the championship game is a blowout. But I think that also would would have to be if TCU. Loses. Yeah, there'd have eliminated. to be a lot of dominoes to fall for two. No, 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 not, not, not even that though. I think if TCA loses, TCU loses, and and the Ohio State Michigan game is the close game, you have a potential case of two SEC, two Big Ten teams getting in. <laughs> that would be insane. That would because, just be crazy. Because one, I don't think Clemson has has a you know, the ACC has a training schedule. You know, yeah, right? Pack it's one of the things you know. I see Michigan ultimately getting in. In that in that in the twenty eighteen Bama situation where they miss out, had a good good team all year kind of thing, you know. I guess if you want to hear my my top four, I'm out of Georgia, yeah, we'll Ohio we'll State. I really do think TCU gets in in the uh, in the three spot. And the four spot to me is a toss up. It could be Tennessee because of how it falls. You know, if the Pac twelve falls apart, you know. But then, but really, that four spot to me is the one I can't set on me because I really do see TCU going undefeated. And then, then Ohio State winning this off of Georgia getting in. So, yeah, the four spot has been the issue for for the committee, for all the voters, for everybody. It's just I mean, who do you put in it? You give it to a bad Clemson, or but I think UNC could probably no. beat them and stuff. I don't think. So, yeah, I don't think uh, the ACC has a shot anymore. Clemson's too far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, Let's see, Clemson's ranked uh, at least they ranked tenth uh, before yeah. the games this weekend. Top 25, they moved up to nine. They may go up one spot with Oregon losing, but yeah, I think they're too far out. Yeah. I mean, Tyler, so. go finish up, Neil. No, that's it. You're good. Tyler, who do you got? All right. Well, number one's pretty consistent. So it seems like throughout the contingency here, throughout I'm going to go. Three of y'all. Well, yeah, the three of you, I already know who your number one's going to be. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia for now, uh, just the base on how that they play. They really dominated Mississippi State this weekend, 45-19. That was, like I mentioned, that was really like their last test here in the regular season. They pretty much have a walk in the park. I mean, they, they in the last uh, two games, let's be honest with you. Uh, but number two, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Like I already mentioned, I feel like Ohio State's uh, going to win that matchup uh, in Columbus against Michigan. Lane. Whoever wins that one, that's a pl- de facto playoff game. Whoever wins that one will be the number two seed. Uh, number three, uh, this is where it gets a little shaky here. You know, you have a, a lot of teams that can be in it. Uh, just a playoff seeding, I'm going to move Tennessee at number three. I think that Tennessee is going to be your number three team. And then number four is going to be TCU. Uh, the playoff committee uh, is just, just going to swap that because they don't want to see Georgia and Tennessee in the playoff semifinal. I feel like that would be, uh, you know, Georgia's number one seed. So you don't want them playing the SEC team. But I think that TCU will run the table. But there is still chaos to – to still be created. I think that whoever makes it to the Big 12 championship, I mean, has as good of a chance. Or I mean, right now, if it stands, it would be Kansas State. And that game was really close. I mean, you go back to that game, K-State was really dominating that game. So like, you know, we've all mentioned, I think that TCU really can't afford to lose a game. If they lose, you know, a single game, they're pretty much out of it. And it would just be create, create chaos. So I'll have Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, and TCU. That'll be my top four. Obviously, I know that I had North Carolina, but look at the playoff rankings. I mean, they're just too far. I mean, they're number uh, 15, and they were just need a lot. I mean, you have like Alabama, a two-loss team ahead of them as well. So I think that the ACC 
uh, champion, no matter what, uh, is out of it. So I hear y'all are going to be eating some Carolina ghost, ghost pepper, whatever, Carolina pepper. That, Never that, made that, that deal. Week. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, Jake, I still Jacob got, I still got it. North Carolina. I still got North Carolina winning the ACC. I, yeah, I, I do as well, but they're just okay. too far out. Okay, so my top four. <laughs> Here we go. I got Michigan number one. Oh, I think I think Ooh. Michigan pulls off the upset on Ohio State. Uh, call me crazy, but I am the chaos creator. You're crazy. <laughs> uh, TCU, I mean, you're not I, crazy for that. I'm just waiting for it. Can't two. happen. TCU number two. Uh, I think they finish it undefeated. The Big 12 championship, whether it be Texas or K-State, that one's going to be a tough matchup. It's probably going to be K-State, if I'm being honest. But we'll see. I think they I think they get it done. Number three, my boys, LSU Tigers, baby. They take it down to Georgia and Atlanta. Um, and then number four, this is where it was a toss-up. Do you take <laughs> – a, How is that a toss-up? How, How is that a toss-up? Hold on. There is no way. Hold on. No, let me no, get no. here. Let me get to it. If it okay. ain't Georgia, then you're cut. Do you take a one-loss Georgia team that yes. lost in the SEC? Yes. It doesn't matter. You take or do you loss. take a one-loss Ohio State team that probably – A one-loss Georgia team. I, I understand. That is that a doubt. Like, this is, yeah, this is an doubt. SEC show. The strength of schedule – Oh, as well, long as Georgia, that one loss, Georgia, is, would, Georgia would be higher than us well, if they beat but what if it's, reason. But what if it's as, okay? Well, Michigan, I would Ohio say State that in overtime, Michigan let's wins say on a like Georgia conversion. loses to Georgia Tech and like Ohio State, their one loss is to Michigan. Then I that would be an argument where you could say that Ohio State could get in. But in that, well, I guess in your scenario, it would pretty much be like two losses for Georgia because they had to lose to someone else and then LSU. But now, yeah, I, I think Georgia, even if they lose in the SEC championship, they're going to be in. I got another question for you. What if Michigan or Ohio State loses in the Big Ten championship? I think they're out. I mean, it would be like a team like Purdue or, <laughs> or someone like that in the Big uh, Ten championship. And, I mean, you're, you're going to have teams, you know, like TCU playing a top 25 team at the time. So, it's just going to come down to the final game. I, I mean, especially if you, they lose by, like, 10 plus points and you, uh, they got to be out. Okay. Well, I think we've broken Jacob, especially like versus like going up against like a Tennessee, because I feel like they're going to run the table as well. So, I mean, their one loss is to the number one team in the country. I know it looked bad, but in that scenario, you have to put Tennessee over, you know, you know, Ohio state or Michigan, if they lose in the big 10 championship. So if that's the case, you got, Say TCU remains undefeated. You got TCU at number one, LSU oh at number two, gosh. Georgia at number three, Tennessee at number four. Is that what we're doing? Um, Are we putting three SEC? If the yeah. Pac-12, it, well, no. if the Pac-12, if USC wins, yeah, the Pac-12 would have get to in be over out Tennessee, obviously. for that scenario to happen to have three SEC teams in, but the playoff committee, anyone else that has a brain would never do that. Yeah, I <laughs> no. highly doubt. That there would be three SEC teams. I could see and they're going to be like, push the button now. Like, we want the expansion now. Yeah. Go. I think the only chance you see two SEC teams is with LSU winning. No, uh, two SEC teams. I and think TCU that, losing. It, I think that it's, a possi- it's highly a possibility whether LSU, you know, loses, Georgia loses. I think that Tennessee is really going to be the outlier on this because the way that they, you know, if they keep beating teams like 66 to 24, it's going to be hard, you know, to keep a team out like that. Well, they do have Vandy at the end of the year. Well, they're going to beat them probably like 70 to nothing. So, so. well, 
this is our favorite time of the year. College football is just is. in absolute chaos. I really um, want to hear from Jacob. It seems like, uh, like you mentioned, you broke him. Yeah, he just he just had his hand in his face there for for a few minutes. So, Jacob, what are your thoughts on a one lot of Michigan beating Ohio State and Ohio State somehow getting into the playoffs? Um, it's not possible. Uh, um, first, the biggest problem is is that. Uh, that I like I said, it's never happened before. I mean, and I think nobody. The last time Purdue won the Big Ten championship was in 1929. Oh, my so gosh. it's been a long time. So almost 100 years. Uh, so they're due, but it uh, Purdue has <laughs> long upset overdue. Ohio State. This I also time have year, another though. scenario after this. They have, but I think. A likely scenario, if something like that was to happen, Chet, I still don't think uh, you can put the winner of Michigan and Ohio State over Georgia if Georgia remains undefeated. I think that's right. solely uh, on strength of schedule. Uh, not, I don't think it's on strength of schedule. I just think it's on. Well, if the Georgia fact were that, to lose the SEC championship, right? Oh, well, I'm getting at. I'm well, I'm speaking as if they were to win out. Okay. So, well, you know, if well, they were to Georgia, win out, sure. so if, if Georgia was to win out and not lose a football game, they're the consensus number one pick. I don't think that anybody is going to go past them. Right. Whoever wins the number two, three game is going to be the number two team. Um, I think, you know, I think Ohio State would be probably the likely team to win that game, especially them being at home. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a touchdown favorite, to be honest with you. Um, number three, it, whoever loses that game is no longer in the playoff. There's no way that's going to happen because whoever wins that game right there is going to murder whoever they play in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, and yeah, they're going to win by 45 plus. Likely. So that will happen. I mean, so your number one team is an SEC team. Your number two team is a Big Ten team. Number three has to be a Big 12 team, and I think if TCU wins the rest of their games, they have to be the number three team, regardless of the situation of any other team below them. At number four, that's where it's tough. Tennessee's a one-loss team. If Tennessee doesn't lose a game, I think Tennessee could fill the four spot, because they're only a one-loss team. Right. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, your only loss is coming to the number one ranked team in the country. I get it. Um, and with them being in the same side of the conference, they don't have a chance to to get a, a revenge game, too. It's like yeah, a Michigan-Ohio State situation. So that's where you have two SEC teams because um, you've basically taken, you've taken the ACC out completely. But I, I think the reason the Pac-12 is still alive because if USC wins the rest of their games, I still think they make it. Their only loss is to an overtime an overtime loss to a Utah team that hasn't lost a home game in two years. So yeah. it it it's uh it, it's a good chance that they make it too if they win the rest of their games. That way you have four teams from four different conferences, and I think they need to get back to that if they want to still keep the four team playoff alive for at least a couple more years. I just think it's I think it's over with where you see something like that happen because you also got to think about the New Year's Six Bowl games below it. If who's 5 and 6 at that point? That's what you have to look at. I mean, yeah. Tennessee could be the number 5 team, LSU team, LSU could be the number 6 team. 
and you know seven, eight, and nine, you, you really don't know what happens. The problem is, is there's too many SEC teams there in order to make two teams you, be you in the why? top four. You know why there's too many SEC teams? Because the SEC reigns supreme. <laughs> well, we could look at two teams here. You know that. So let's say just had to get that jab in there. Well, the SEC actually gets a lot of BS from <laughs> the ranking committee to open the season because we talked about it. The fact that Kentucky, yeah. Texas A&M, uh, it, I, it doesn't I give make you that any one. sense. I give you that so, one there. Tyler, what you got? Let, let's let's put a bow on this. We, yeah. We're an hour and a half let's, in, and we still got a little bit of NFL talk. Yeah. Well, who cares about the NFL? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, like, let's just say, like, LSU wins out. They beat Georgia, win the SEC championship. But you still have Tennessee there. You know, say that they, you know, go the rest of the way 11-1. and one. You, it's, I know that's easy on paper, but if you were to pick between those two teams, they have a head-to-head as well, Tennessee 40-13. to 13. Who do you put in in the playoff? Yeah, I mean, there you go. That, that, that's your answer right there. Yeah, I just don't think it's all sunshine and rainbows for LSU if they beat Georgia. I just don't. I don't think, I it's think if we beat them, I think we're a lock. Well, Even I think SEC if you beat champion. Georgia, there's a problem in the top four. I think yeah. that if Ohio State wins, they're the number one team in the country at that point, and they'd blow this out. This is why we need expansion. Yeah, yeah, this is the we'll problem because we'll we spend more time arguing about the top four teams when yep. we have twelve teams 12, and we could have like, twelve okay, consensus teams. Set. Yep. Where there's 12 teams that are one loss or two loss teams that are really good. And once you get past yeah. 12, there's a lot of three loss teams right. there that don't need to be included. Because exactly. in that scenario, all of the conference champions get in the group of five, the highest group of five. And then it's the two next highest rank. Simple yep. as yep. that. I honestly think, you know, it would be strange just to finish this out. I think that group of five or since you have power five, put the winners of all the power five teams up at the top of of the bracket. I think everybody below that, that's where you can talk about where you place other teams. Um, Cause I think in that sense, if you're going to go to 12 teams, I think conference championships should matter. I mean, that's the whole mm-hmm. point of expanding 12 teams was so that conference championships would matter. And I think they, they should in the 12 team playoff. Yeah. I agree with you there. I mean, well, that's kind we'll of, have it here soon. Go ahead, Neil. I mean, I was going to say that was always my philosophy of going to the expanded playoff is that you, Either the eight or the twelve, you have to have your power five champions should always get a guaranteed yeah, you know, spot. Not necessarily I don't necessarily agree with you being the top spots, but that's your least guaranteed spot in the playoffs. Right. You know, it has to because top because the because, have to matter now. Because you could have a three loss pack twelve champion that they're, they're nowhere near the the fifth best team in the country. So they shouldn't automatically get give, give yeah. the fifth seed. Yeah. Sure, yeah, but, but very rarely, but very rarely do we see a three loss. The same scenario happened like in 2016. With I, Penn mean, State, I mean, Penn the Pac 12s had some rough years. Pac 12s had some rough yeah. years. You know, and like, you know, I mean, that's, you know, they should guarantee a spot for those, you know, because like I said, a lot of times the Pac 12 champion or, or, you know, is nowhere near as good as, as the SEC losing championship loser. You know, they're not, you know, you know, and as we've seen how many times. Has the SEC gotten two teams in a in a fourteen playoff because that second SEC team is that much better than everybody else? Like you know, so it kind of right. it's exactly. hard to have guarantee them a a first round buy, especially with the twelve team getting getting that first round buy. You know, potentially in the top four. You know, but I that's think just the, the way I look at I it. I think the largest story about it all is that it gives group of five teams uh, a little more leeway and i think they should because i think yeah. there's a group of five teams out there that can beat uh third you know 
third in the division teams in the SEC or third in the division in the Big Ten. I mean, there are a group of five teams out there that will give them a run for their money. So I think it's a good opportunity for everybody across the board. Yeah. And playoff expansion is coming. So we'll have it here. All right. Let's stop the college football talk. (laughs) Stop the count. We're done. Um, It's it's. Honestly, we could talk for hours. We'll have more tomorrow. And that's why we have a second, yes. second show, College Football Coast to Coast. Tomorrow, we'll continue the debate. Yeah. Um, let's get into a little bit of NFL talk. And this week's NFL talk is brought to you by our newest sponsors, Yeti. Everybody's heard of Yeti. Neil loves Yeti. Jacob loves Yeti. Tyler loves Yeti. I have a Yeti. When you're tailgating, you need a Yeti. You need a Yeti cup. You need a Yeti cooler. You need a Yeti hat. You need all things Yeti. So... Right now, Yeti's offering free shipping on orders $50 and up. You can stop on your stock up on coolers, drinkware, and luggage. Yeti makes luggage now. Yep, I saw Their that. luggage is durable for any adventure. You just have to pop on over to that website. Use that link, yeti.us.pxf.io slash scramble, and get your get on your Yeti needs. Perfect Christmas present coming up here soon. Yes. I might I might go and explore the Yeti options as far as luggage goes for my trip to Pennsylvania. I might hey. do it. I might do like a, a test as like far cool, as like, like your honestly these these, your air, these airline carriers they're pretty rough with luggage. Mm-hmm. So fudge yeah. you might need to get some rugged rugged luggage from Yeti and do a little review. We'll throw it up on the on the Twitter. Honest I don't review. need some I don't need some kids applesauce you know coming out the side of a, exactly. a suitcase getting all get all my stuff. Yeah, so right. you're gonna have your, you probably have going to have your laptop, your valuables in that suitcase. You need it to stay strong. So head on over to Yeti. Use our link. Help us out. Get you a good Christmas present. So let's jump into it. Speaking of luggage, Laird Fordette needs to call Yeti. <laughs> and he also needs to find out where his passport went. Because he had to order a new passport. And it arrived four hours before their plane left to Germany a, a few days ago. <laughs> so Fournette almost did not make the flight, which would have sucked for his fantasy owners, considering he scored a touchdown. It was pretty key to the Bucks taking down the Seahawks over in Munich, Germany. Um, so I thought that was a little fun tidbit there. He almost missed it due to his passport. Uh, Tyler, I saw you added that Odell Beckham hopes to sign by yep. the end of the month. Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, Giants, and 49ers are all potential teams. Who do you think he goes to, Tyler? I'll keep it short and sweet. I think he goes uh, to Jerry's world to be the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's a perfect fit. I think that uh, the Cowboys, you know, they're they're still help in the wide receiver. They're still in the department. playoff race. I think that the Eagles will probably take that division. But if they want to make a deep run, then that they, they need a, another piece. I think OBJ, even coming off uh, of the ACL injury, I think that he would definitely be a key piece. You know, along CD Lamb, and you know he yeah. could be the wide receiver too. So that's easy. Yeah, well, I, think, I mean, with... I think the other, I think the other option also is Baltimore. Um, I think there's some room there for OBJ to even go yeah, to Baltimore. That, that would be with a very Lamar. You know, yeah. that way you've got three guys that are basically top tier guys at quarterback, uh, wide receiver, and at tight end. So I mean, uh, that'd be a pretty dominant group. Yeah. Well, the Bills doesn't really make sense. Um, they got they have, they have a lot of weapons there. The Chiefs, they just got Kadarius Tony, so I don't really see that happening. Um, the Giants, I doubt he goes back. He wasn't no happy with that organization. He goes back there. Um, and the 49ers, I mean, they got uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, you know, Chris McCaffrey. They got a lot of weapons. I don't see them really taking them on. The, the Cowboys make a lot of sense. Uh, Saints, call them up. 
because we have like no wide receivers. Oh, uh, oh I'm going to go the further chat. The Titans need, 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 need wide receivers. Our wide receiver, of course, awful, and it showed today. That's for yeah. Sure. Well, you, also, you probably need a new quarterback too. Let's be honest. No, Tannehill did pretty decent. He's just been hurt. And yeah, Willis is just young, but having uh, Westbrook Keenum be our our star player today. Yeah, showed you how bad the band's been good for us, but. He ain't no superstar wide receiver that you should be counting on to win you games. Yeah. I mean, he came well, in for us today, but I don't – I can't Od- count on that Odell Beckham much. in Nashville, I don't know if that's a good mix. Uh, I mean – Well, the, the teams that, that I listed are the only teams that he's going I to. Think, yeah, that's kind of a public – I think it's probably uh, I think the only problem, The only reason why the Bills are out of the question is because they've got too much right now. Right, uh, they have the weapons. It, they don't really they, need them. I'm sorry, but I know Buffalo is, you know, kind of good this year and all. No, I don't think wants to go to Buffalo. Other, <laughs> other than losing some are. crap. Well, games. he is friends with Von Miller. Oh, the only problem is, is that Buffalo doesn't have that money. I'm sorry. They do That's not true. have the money in order to pay Odell. Uh, because they're about to have the best stadium in the league. So if I stadium is yeah, about to that's not be, be awesome. the best stadium in the league, that thing is crazy. Uh, it looks like a winter winter yeah. wonderland. Yeah, it's a winter wonderland. Uh, yeah, they I was need saying, it too. I was like, my question is, why is he looking at Chicago? I mean, I mean, for the way Justin Wilson playing this year, they have the cap money to pay him when he wants to get paid. That makes that seems like a logical Martin move for him to go there. Claypool. I mean, I mean, I mean, that team could use a star wide receiver. <laughs> they have, they have the, they have, they have the most Catholics league right now. They got, they got a good shot, you know. So yeah, well, uh, Aaron Rodgers would love to have him, but if it's any, uh, if history's <laughs> teach us a lesson, Green Bay won't go after him. He ain't going to no thirty-eight-year-old quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler, you got to watch this game. I did not since I'm in Houston, uh, and the Texans were playing at the same time. The Saints, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, yep. man. We can't tank because the Eagles get our yeah, first well, round pick. So, so what is there to do? What is there to do now for the rest? There's of the really nothing to do. It's pretty much just uh, wait. Dennis for Allen, this. see you later. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different team for sure. I mean, this Sean Payton scheme, the offense just just looks flat out terrible. I mean, these are two back to back weeks uh, where the running game could get going. I mean, Alvin Kamara only had like 26 yards rushing, 29 yards rushing, and then Andy Dalton as well has has been struggling as well i mean the the really the last week that they really had a good week was the raiders you know they shut them out yep. the de- you know the defense has been playing fine the defense isn't the problem it's they, been the, the defense offense, can't like, win your games and the offense don't score it's like you have like chris olave you know he had a good game today once again and you Jawan johnson caught a touchdown but just, this this saints offense is one of the worst uh, in the league i mean this would would have been the year to get a quarterback you know like bryce young or cj Stroud, but we had to give it up to the eagles so uh yeah, yeah tanking for nothing pretty much Woo! what yeah. a time to be a saints fan yeah really <laughs> um i did get well I almost didn't catch the end of this game, thanks to Fox, who decided to show the Packers and Cowboys. I was livid. You got the Vikings and the Bills won the ending, okay? Vikings are driving down the field on the inch line. Time's clock ticking down. And they go for QB sneak with Kirk Cousins. He gets stuff. He doesn't get it, okay? The Bills take over on downs. Pretty much all I got to do is get a yard out of the end zone. They They can D out the rest of the game. They win the game. Well, Josh Allen, well, for one, they're snapping the ball in their own end zone. Josh Allen fumbles the snaps. Vikings jump over, grab it, touchdown. Vikings uh, go ahead by three. Then Josh Allen drives right down the field, and they, they kick like a 45-yard field goal to go to overtime. Crazy game. 
Vikings win the toss. They drive down, kick a field goal. Um, Justin Jefferson, like Neil alluded to with the who got that dog in him segment, Justin Jefferson makes an amazing catch um, to kind of set them up there in overtime. And then Josh Allen gets another chance, and he throws an interception to Patrick Peterson. Two on the day to Pat Pete. So just a wild game. I was surprised to see Josh Allen in there with that old older nerve injury. I mean, if that's a pitcher in baseball, that's automatic Tommy John surgery. You're done. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, we had another game that was not what people expected. Battle of the backups, Arizona Cardinals versus the L.A. Rams. I don't even know who the Rams quarterback was. Uh, but you had Colt McCoy at Arizona, and he lit it up. The Rams or the Arizona got the dub, so uh, yeah, they might. Kyler can also get some time as well. <laughs> yeah, Kyler might. Uh, Kyler might be able to make it back for Double XP Weekend here on Call of Duty, <laughs> <laughs> or or make it uh, off my fantasy team. Yeah, really. Uh, the Dolphins, man. Who would have, who would have thought this? I mean, Tyreek Hill's wide receiver one in the NFL. Tua is rolling. So now that, you know, he's not seeing stars out there on the field, he's doing great. So what are y'all thoughts on Tua? Yeah, a lot of people had question marks, you know, how Tyreek Hill was going to do, you know, going from the Kansas City office to Miami. But, man, it's just it's, – he's just the same Tyreek Hill. It doesn't matter which quarterback, I guess, is throwing to him. But, uh, yeah, this no. Dolphins team, I mean, they're not out of the, the AFC East race. He was wide receiver they, one going into They're in the, second place week. right now, I think. Yeah, right? they're in second place. I think they're like a, a game behind the Bills. Even wide yeah, receiver one about them as well. They're right yeah. there in the race. Wide receiver one going this week, and he, he yeah. only had three <laughs> Who would have thought that as well? Nobody. Not Jacob. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he caught a touchdown today, so he has four touchdowns on the year, and he's he's still wide receiver one, just up on passing yards. Like, so that's I don't think he's wide receiver one. I think Jalen Waddle is the better receiver. It's like no, in, in, fantasy, in fantasy points, Tyreek Hill oh, is yeah, wide receiver number one. In fantasy what purposes, well, yeah. he, he's <laughs> the number one ranked wide receiver in fantasy points. Um, last little segment on the NFL. Jonathan Taylor finally got it done for me, baby. I'm going to win a fantasy game. For once, I've been holding on uh, to 10 weeks. At the hands of Jacob, though. Yeah, sorry, Jake. Dude, we were neck and neck, and I kind of pulled away there at the end. Yeah. Uh, well, I, well, actually, not totally pulled away. It's 120 to 116. Uh, let's see. I'll pull it up real quick. Oh, I'm only winning by one. 121 uh -oh. to 120. He's you have Devontae Smith early. left to play, and I have Curtis Samuel. So, I, would, I would trust and I still got, And I still got George Kittle playing. Uh, you do Wait, right now. You do. Let's see here. Oh, it, why is my fantasy not working? Uh, I, oh, I, still, I still have Debo playing as well. So, but uh, uh hey, not what? I really just need like Jimmy Garoppolo to have like a fifty-point fantasy outing. So, if you could do that, since you know my fantasy team decided to to fall asleep this week after putting up like a dominating performance. So, yeah, that would be nice. Well, he already yeah. has a rushing touchdown, so he's already doing better than Kyler Murray. So, this might be my QB1 going Jacob, forward. Jacob, I might have spoke too early. <laughs> this is the fantasy prediction. Me, 136.5. You, 135.4. You spoke too early. Yeah. It's, it. uh, it's going it. to be, oh. be a freezing cold takes. Yeah, it's oh. going to be a close one there at the end. I will yeah, say I this. might be on our TikTok if this goes I will say I, I'm proud of myself. I'm in a pickums league that I used to be in back before I was in North Carolina. So you know, I wasn't able to do any gambling at the time, sports wise, any level. But as league I was in back before then, I'm got back in this year. Show all year. I am currently in position to win this week. If I need the 49ers to win, that'll put me in the 
in a three-way tie for tomorrow night. Where I have the Eagles Eagles winning, so I got to come up with the most likely total points score for a tiebreaker because I don't think anybody in their right mind would pick against the Eagles tomorrow night. So well, I'm excited. I've been you, struggling Dale. all year. Finally had my day where, you know, if the Bears had won, I'd be outright first place right now, but Bears bit it for they me. Lost by, I think they lost by one. I know. It was bad. I was so just like, oh. defense. Yeah. I so. know. That kind of sums up the NFL. I got two two little things for you before we end the show here. Uh, Texas A&M man, makes rings for their Omaha appearance last year for college baseball and for winning the SEC West. One, they, they didn't win the SEC tournament, did they, Tyler? They were regular season SEC champions. No, Tennessee uh, yeah. blew through the SEC. So that was funny to see. They got big national championship rings. I mean, I'm talking like it looks like legit <laughs> getting World Series place. rings. Way to go. We're getting fourth place. This is why all these players are transferring out of Texas A&M because that's what the culture is. We give you rings and, you know, we make cups whenever we beat our rivals because of the refs. Yeah. So, (laughs) little little hate on Texas A&M there. Um, TMZ sports segment to end the Um, show. Oh, I will say something that we know we spoke about pre-show NFL that was was a coach Saturday getting his win. Yeah, interim coach. That's what I was talking about. Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, Coach Saturday, they all get the win. Delivering those pancakes. <laughs> and, and Chad, you might as well Venmo like Saturday 100 bucks just for his, you know, I mean, changing of Jonathan so, Taylor. He and, and he was so close because apparently two weeks ago he tweeted out saying the Raiders were trash, you know, and then he managed to get the, the win. Raiders. And then yeah, he, he, he even said, though, that, that he was concerned with the how bad the Colts line was, and that was the one thing that he wanted to get right. <laughs> Look at him today. They got, he got him right, and then Josh Taylor – Managed to do what John Taylor used to do. So, yep. Hats off to the man. You know, it's a bold move for them to take them if they can keep this up. Maybe they'll do something this year. Just imagine like the story would be if the Colts magically make a playoff run and like you got to give them the coach of the year. Might as well. (laughs) Yeah, really. No, it'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. Because because so, the division is lost for them already. Yeah, Yeah. it's already lost. I mean, the Titans are gonna. They already won. (laughs) So we'll end the show. I'll be sobering over here in New Orleans. So yeah, really. We'll end the show with our TMZ sports segment of the week that we're going to start hold on, doing. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you got? We have a big so current currently the 49ers and the Chargers are playing right now. Justin Herbert just got lit up on a slide forward and uh, some helmet to helmet contact there, uh, and got nailed. His Oof. helmet came off a little bit. They have forced him to come out of the game. The backup quarterback. For the Chargers has had to come into the you game. Just, Chase Daniels. Harvard, <laughs> wow. Chase Daniels. That's He's what I need there, hard. man. 49ers need, need to be the comeback now. Oh. Did you bench uh, Herbert this week in I did bench Herbert, and I started oh, Daniel oh, Jones. Yes. I, wow. I was so tired. Who would have thought that in this fantasy season that you'd be starting Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert? <laughs> Not me. Not me. God. All right. So we got to end this thing. We're on a we're on a an hour and 40, 48 minutes. TMZ Sports segment of the week. Drake loses two million dollars betting on the UFC championship this week. Uh, Israel Adesanya bet. Uh, he bet that he would. Wait, what? <laughs> he bet that Adesanya would beat Alex Pereira during UFC two eighty one. It did not happen, and Drake is out a clean two million dollars. <sighs> So there wasn't much in TMZ. That's kind of. I mean, I didn't see Lizzo dancing at a. I feel like everything that he roots for hasn't won except for the Raptors that one year. 
Yep, you're right. You know who he's not rooting for? LSU, so stay on the other side. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, we, we are Sports Scramble every night, every Sunday night. You can tune in to us. Monday afternoons, you can tune in to Tyler and Jacob on College Football Coast to Coast. And Tuesday nights, you can tune in to Tyler <laughs> and Monday Wade. night for this week. Monday night for this week. Oh, we're going double shows. Double header. Double header for Tyler. Tuesday night. Yep. Jacob Tuesday. will be there as well. Okay. Tuesday uh, yeah, night. we will – Tyler oh. and I will be together at uh, the Pelicans and Grizzlies game in nice, New Orleans. Nice. Well, nice. together, but not together. Not together. Yeah. <laughs> so the are same are y'all still doing college football coast to coast on Monday? Or y'all going to. Uh, yeah. Run a little doubleheader. Okay. Okay. I like it. So, all right. College football coast to coast on Monday and Monday night this week, SEC talk. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, Neil, as always, it's been a pleasure. We, we took you for a long one tonight. I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, you didn't make me feel for somebody. Let me know. I'd yeah. rather hop on here. You're pretty much a part of our family, so you're uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, so, Thanks appreciate again to our, our sponsors, Buffalo Bayou. Finish the beer during the show. Nice little pregame crush can. Uh, Fanatics and Yeti, we appreciate everything y'all do for us. And our network, Belly Up Sports. Uh, well, guys, this is a heck of a show. It was a long one. I'm going to have fun editing this one. So y'all have a good rest of your Sunday and have a good week, everybody. All right. Bye, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.